I want to just dive in by asking a question. And so think about this today, wherever you're at, let me ask you, if you had to list your top three desires, think about that for a minute. If you had to list your top three desires, what would they be? What would they be? Now, I know we're in church and it's a Sunday morning, so chances are you're going to put Jesus in one of those three, right? You know, I mean, it's kind of what we grew up saying, whatever the Sunday school teacher tells you, just answer Jesus. You're always going to be half right, all right? No matter the question, you're going to be half right. You can't go wrong with Jesus. Well, what would your three top desires be? Here's the truth is that, that oftentimes, and I would say most of the time, our desires direct our life. Our desires direct our life. But here's what I wonder today, and the question I have for you is, what if we let God direct our desires? Instead of letting our desires direct our life, what if we were so focused on God's plan and God's will that we let God direct our desires? Several years ago, Actually, eight years ago, it was in May that we had our boy, Benson, and it was a couple months after we had had our, our son that, well, Jen and I were in the house, and if you can remember, maybe you're in that season right now. You know the season right after you had a child where it just feels like the world stops, doesn't it? And that's, that's how it felt in our home. Hey, you, you know, you, you wonder if there is even a world outside of your house. I mean, you're just, you're, you're kind of all in that place and you're doing your best to get sleep and keep the baby from crying and you're just wondering if you're ever going to be a normal person again. And I remember it was probably just a, a month and a half, two months. We lived in Pinellas County. We we're on staff with my parents. They live right down the street from us. And I remember the first time that Jen and I were able to get out of the house for a date night. My parents were helping take care of Ben that night and we were so excited, but it was, it was, I don't know about you, but that feeling of freedom the first time you go out of the house after you've had a baby, it was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I don't care where we go. But, but that night, I don't know what it is. Well, hey, Jen and I were just so different, everybody. And that's, that, that was part of the challenge. Hey, here's the deal. When it comes to date night and going out to eat, I'm like, I want predictable. I've already, I've already established all the places that I know have good food and I know what I like there. So why take any risk trying something new when we can go to what works? Who's with me? Any, any fellas? Yeah, okay. None of you are going to raise your hand because, you know, it's not going to be good for you. It, but Jen is the exact opposite. And I love her so much. She's creative. Uh, she loves adventures. She likes to try new things. So day night for her is a big experiment. It's like, where can we go that we've never gone before? Which is painful for me, right? You know, just, and on this particular night, we went out and we were just in both one of those, we, we could not figure out what we wanted to eat. And we're just driving along. And part of it, we were, we were having a good time just being in the car without children. You know, part of that was great. But we would just drive after, you know, past restaurant after restaurant. And, man, do you want this? They got great food. No, let's just keep driving. At some point, the fun of just keep driving, we'll find another place, kind of got old. And we reached, reached a point that we just got frustrated. As a matter of fact, we drove into a thunderstorm. And here we were, we finally made our way to a restaurant that we had decided on. We sat waiting 
for what seemed like forever for the storm to pass before we were going to, we were going to go into the restaurant. I'll never forget. It kind of cleared up. We said, all right, you're ready to do this. I looked down to find my wallet only to realize that I had left my wallet at home, everybody. We didn't, we didn't have a dollar to our name. I mean, nothing. And here we spent the last hour just looking. We're, we're starving at that point. By the time we made it back home, got money, everybody. I, I mean, this is the ultimate husband fail. We went to Denny's for date night. I was just, I mean, it was, <laughs> pray, for, pray for my wife, all right? I mean, she has to put up with me. And, and I, I think when I, when I thought about that story and this idea, I think that's, so often the way our desires work in our life is we get to place after place and season after season in our life feeling like this is going to be it only to get there and realize it's not everything I had hoped for. We, we think that the desires are going to be the final, it's going to be the thing that satisfies our life only to get to that place and realize that that's all this is. And it leaves us empty. I think in some seasons it actually leaves us hopeless. For some of you, you're running if-then scenarios in your life. Maybe some of them like this. Man, if, if I could just work from home, then, then I wouldn't have to drive on 75 every day. And, and, and that's reasonable right there, okay? It, it, some of you, it's, man, if I could just start a business, or if I could meet these financial goals, or man, I just, once we get more leisure time, then things are going to feel better. If once, once we get to retirement, then life is going to going to be good. As soon as we get the kids out of the house, there's going to be peace. I know it. I'm going to like my, I'm going to like my wife again. I'm going to like my husband again. You know, we just got to get, it's the kids that are the problem. So often we let our desires direct us instead of directing our desires. And I want to look at just several uh, thoughts and wisdom verses from the book of Proverbs that could really just redirect our attention and focus when it comes to letting God establish our desires. Look what it says, Proverbs 27. Verse 10, five words that are so powerful. It says this, human desire is never satisfied. Human desire is never satisfied. Think about that for a second. Just uh, studying and reading this verse, you know the first thing I thought about when I, I hear this human desire is never, never satisfied? I think of Oreos. That's, that's exactly what I think of. Friday night at home watching a movie, you go to the pantry you don't pull out two Oreos. You pull out the bag and you take them to the couch, man, because human desire is never satisfied. I, I love Brian Regan, the comedian. And man, in college, I remember listening to him with some of our travel team that we were with. And man, he had this one joke. He said, can you imagine the guy that sits in the room and creates, you know, the label they put on all, all the different food items, the guy that decides what a serving size is supposed to be? Like, can you imagine what that guy's going through as he's just laughing, going, you know, as all the desserts come through? All right, what are we going to make the serving size for ice cream? Yeah, let's make it half a cup. Who eats a half a cup of ice cream, man? That's like two spoonfuls. The serving size for Oreos, two Oreos. You don't eat two Oreos. You eat Oreos by the sleeve, man. You know what I'm saying? Because there's something inside of us that it never feels like it's enough. And here's the truth is I don't know what in your life you're searching for to fulfill the deepest pain in your life or fulfillment. Maybe it's a job, maybe a relationship, maybe it's money, maybe it's some level of achievement. But there is only one thing that will ever truly satisfy. 
There's only one ramp that will ever truly, that's the God ramp. That's the God hole that, that we look so often in other places to fill that only God can fill. That's the key thought this morning. It's not in your notes, but it's so true. Only God, only God can meet our deepest desires. Only God can meet our deepest desires. I can imagine in a room this size that there's people that have walked in this morning carrying hurts and pain because you look for somebody or something in your life to fulfill the ache inside your heart only to realize there was nothing they could do. And as much as they tried, they never reach the expectation you have for them because they will never, ever be able to fulfill the God hole in your heart. The the place that, that was created for you to be satisfied only through God. Proverbs 8, verse 11 says this, for wisdom is far more valuable than rubies. Look what it says. Nothing you desire can compare with it. Jesus says this in Matthew 5. He says, happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. God, look what it says, God will satisfy them fully. The truth this morning is that our desires trap us. They really do. And I mean, when you think about your life and the things that you crave and long for, I mean, we've all been there. You saw the house. And man, if, I could, if we could just have that house. Man, look at that. Look at the hot tub in the, on the patio. It's so nice. Man, those June nights, muggy June nights, this would be great sitting back in that 100-degree water. We're going to love it. You get that, you get that house that's got the, that, the nice big hot tub, and, and, and then you find the place that you're actually sitting in the hot tub, and you're not sweating because of the water. You're sweating because of the, the big bill and payment you got to make and the CDD fee and the HOA. And what was something that seemed so satisfying became just another stress. Oh, man, that that new car. Oh, man, don't you just love that new car smell? Listen, you give it a month, it's going to smell like your kids left over McDonald's, man. I mean, it ain't going to be new for that long. And it's going to be one more thing to maintain. And it's going to need two new tires just like your car right now needs new tires. So off, we're looking for something to satisfy that only God can satisfy. I, I love this book, and I just want to recommend it to you because there's a, I think this, in this whole idea of Proverbs and wisdom for our life, uh, theologian and author Tim, Timothy Keller, he has this devotional called God's Wisdom for Navigating Life. And what he does is he just takes a proverb a day for 365 days, and then he, he adds his devotional to the verse. And man, if you're just looking for something like a nugget of wisdom every day, what a, what a great resource. But in it, and that's where I pull some of this material this morning, he talks about dangerous desires, dangerous desires, things that pull us away from really the true God desires that fulfill our lives. And I just want to give you three of them. He gives 10, but these three, I think, really resonate with me. And I think they will for you as well. But the first one is this. It's a desire that pulls us away so often from God. It's, it's approval. It's approval. It's being so consumed and concerned with what people think. And I love what Craig Rochelle, he says, the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you is to worry what other people do think about you. And let's be honest, we all care about what people think. You know, I, I, I'm so blessed to have the wife that I do, Jen, she knows that one of the empty places 
in a week for me is coming home on a Sunday afternoon after you kind of just kind of bore your soul for a couple hours and shared all your struggles. Man, she's so encouraging. I mean, she'll find something good in the message to just remind me, hey, you're doing a great job. And you know what? If she can't find anything good to say, she'll say, you look good preaching a bad sermon. You know what I mean? It's just, at least, at least you look good doing it, you know? She's like, we all search for approval, something in our life and someone in our life to, to satisfy. And it's a danger. It's a trap. Here's four signs that I think we often deal with when it comes to struggling with approval. Number one is we're overly sensitive to criticism. You ever known somebody like this? Maybe you deal with it yourself. I know I do. It's, man, you could have nine people tell you how awesome you did and what a great job you did. And then one person, ah, could have been better. And that one person ruins you, destroys you. You, you can't even focus. You, I mean, the, the nine people, you, you don't even remember what they said. But that one criticism, it just eats you up inside. I think another one is this. Number two, we're willing to compromise values. We know what God says and we know what God's standard is. But we're willing to succumb to, to what somebody else wants just to gain their approval. And so we'll sacrifice God's rule and God's way just to meet somebody else's expectation and approval in our life. Number three, this is huge. We worry what other people think about us on social media. Oh my goodness, this is, man, this connects with me. I mean, I don't know if you've been like I have, but there, there's been a time or two or 20. Oh man, I posted a picture on social media and, and I left it for about 15 seconds and come back to find out how many people liked it and then left it for about 50 more seconds. Do I have any comments? And then I thought, man, should, is, this, is this post good enough? Should I just take it down? It's not really resonating with people. And you have this internal struggle because you're so worried. And we're so worried about what people think about us. And here's what's so dangerous. Man, this is so dangerous, everybody. Is that as a culture, we celebrate the wrong things. We really do. You know what we love to celebrate? We love to celebrate the inconsistent things. The flashy things. When I, when I think about this, I think about especially you see this a lot on, on, on social, in the social media world, celebrating people's health journey. You know, you find somebody, and, and if this is your story, man, I, I, I congratulate it. And I think it's awesome because I've had uh, yo-yo diets myself plenty of times. But so often you see somebody who's lived 10, 15 years, just out of control eating and health and their lifestyle is terrible. And then they make a decision, this is the year and they lose 60 pounds and they share their story. And everybody on social media goes crazy. It's awesome, isn't it? Listen, eat discipline for 20 years, go to the gym day after day, never gain a pound and share it on social media and watch what, you'll get anger pictures, you know? I mean, like people almost look down at you like, what's wrong with this person? Why are they so good? You know what I'm saying? Like, why don't you just go eat some Oreos and tell us about it? Make us feel better about ourselves. We love celebrating inconsistent things. But let me tell you this morning, let me just be real. Let me, let me pass you for a minute. What is most important in your life is often the least impressive. What is most important in your life is often the least impressive. Nobody's going to put a gold ribbon on your chest because you made a decision 
to wake up and read God's word every single day of your life. But there's nothing else that could, that could change your life anymore. Listen, no, nobody's standing at the door of your job, waiting in the morning going, congratulations, you've been faithful one more day. You've made it to work on time again. Come on in, man. Give me five. Way to go. But there's something to say for a man and woman who consistently shows up and does the hard work. And they value the important over the impressive. You know what? There's nothing real impressive about every night making a decision. You know what? I'm going to just turn the TV off. I'm going to spend 15 minutes with my kids and we're going to read God's word together and we're going to pray. It might not be impressive. Let me tell you, it could change the trajectory of your family. You know what, church, what if we decided that we're going to care less about what people think on social media and we're going to care more about the King of Kings and Lord of of Things in our life? Can somebody say amen? Anybody understand what I'm saying this morning? Let's value the important over the impressive. I think, number four, this is a big one. Another sign that we struggle with approval is we can't say no. We can't say no. Come on, you're Saturday. You got a newborn baby. You got to go grocery shopping. You got, you, you got stuff to do. And your friend invites you, hey, come on, why don't you come over tonight? You've had six, you can't say no. You just got to do it because they ask you to do it. Man, you've got a huge, huge deadline to meet and 10 projects sitting on your desk and your boss goes, man, you mind sending that email? Yeah, sure, I'll send that email. Man, you, you just have a struggle saying no. I think that's another big issue for so many of us when it comes to approval. But look what Proverbs 29, 20 says. It says, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Fearing people is a dangerous trap. Look what Paul says in Galatians 1. It says, am I now seeking human approval or God's approval? Or am I trying to please people? If I'm trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Approval is huge. Number two is pleasure. Pleasure. You kind of just... Be real this morning is there is nothing wrong with pleasure. We all desire it. God created pleasure. God is not against pleasure. That's why God created sex. That's why God created sleep. That's why God created bacon, everybody. And by the way, those are the top three things that a husband wants for Father's Day. <laughs> sex, sleep, and bacon. You saying? It's not in your notes, but if you want to write it down, wives, feel free. I'm just saying, add an extra blank. Just add an extra blank. <laughs> Sin is fun for a season. If it's not fun, you're doing it wrong. Sin is fun for a season. Let me tell you this. Sin is a trap. It provides instant gratification. It provides a feeling. And so often we chase pleasures, things that make us feel good, that cause us to escape the pain in our life, but ultimately lead to destruction. I tell you, I don't want to just bear my soul about all my struggles, but I'll be real with you. There's times where I get off 75 and I know that I know that I got plenty of food at home, but oftentimes this happens late at night. Between the exit at Bruce B. Downs in 75 and where I live in West Meadows, there is a restaurant that stays open 24 hours a day. Don't look at me with that kind of judgment, all right? It's called Steak and Shake. And what's wrong with a carefully crafted burger by a chef at Steak and Shake? You know what I mean? I mean, they're, they're prepared with such care and, man, it... <clears throat> They've got these things at Steak and Shake. 
little sliders, man. And what I love about them, they're, number one, they're cheap. They're only a buck. And what I love about the slider is you could put like three or four of those down with, you know, less guilt because they're smaller. You just feel better about them, you know, and they're, they're piled high with beef and grease and beef and grease and whatever else they put on them. They just feel good going down. But everybody, there's a reason why they call it steak and shake. Because everything you put in your mouth at steak and shake, it just begins to shake your whole world up, man. I'm telling you, your whole insides, after about 10 minutes, they feel like they want to be on your outside, all right? And it's just, it, it's just an instant gratification that does not lead to long-term health in your life. But so often, I let that trap, I, I let that slider go down because it feels good for a minute. And so often that's the way sin is in our life. Man, it just slides down. It feels good. We enjoy it for a moment. But can I tell you this morning, the pain of sin always outweighs the pleasure of sin. Hear me today, church. The pain of sin always outweighs the pleasure of sin. Proverbs 21, 17 says this. Those who love pleasure, look what it says, become poor. Wine and luxury are not the way to riches. Let me ask you today, what is it in your life? If you're being real and you put it all on display, is the thing that, that you chase when everything is going wrong, that, that gives you immediate relief, but you know is not fulfilling God's plan and purpose for your life. We, we've We've all got something that the enemy knows, man. He doesn't hit us with it all the time, but he knows just the right time to hit it with us. And it's wreaking havoc and destruction in your life. And it's, it's become one of those things that's keeping you from God's desire. Number three is this, and this is a powerful one. These all resonate with me, but this one I think more than the other two. Approval, pleasure, and three is control. It's control. We love control, don't we? I'll be honest and real with you. There was something, there was something very controlling about even this moment right here. I mean, I'm holding a microphone. I'm sharing stories. I'm jokes. I'm getting you laughing. People are crying. People are responding. Let me tell you, that's why pastors are messed up men and women, all right? Pray for pastors. I'm being real with you. Pastors are messed up people because there is something that can be very unhealthy about this. It, it, it's powerful and it's dangerous. But can, can I just be honest, as control as I feel right now, there's a guy in the back of that room with one touch of a button can shut this whole thing down. Don't do it, brother, don't do it. So often we've, we love to feel in control. Here's the way we do it. We manipulate people to get our own way. Is this you today? Maybe you offer or withhold rewards because you, you love the feeling of being in control of the people in your life or you let your temper get the best of you. That, that's how I do. And oftentimes that, that manifests itself when I'm behind the wheel. Anybody know what I'm saying? It happened this week. I was taking a left off of Bruce B. Downs about eight cars back from the front of the line and I'm, I'm sitting in the middle of Bruce B. Downs. I look over and the, the person that's leading the pack is stopped. And I'm sitting there going, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? The light's turning yellow. 
I'm about to roll my window down and give that person a piece of my mind when I see in front of that car three of those sandhill cranes. What is it about the sandhill crane? They feel like they just rule the universe, don't they? Listen, I've never seen an animal walk slower across the road like, hey, what's going on? I don't care if I cause a car accident. This is how fast we go right here. And I'm just like, you know, and I just, I just drive and I'm, I'm frustrated and, and thank God I didn't honk at the person or tell them they were number one. You know, I mean, just so often my control manifests itself because I let my attitude get out of hand Be- because I love to, to manipulate and control a situation. Here, here's everybody. The paradox of faith is this, is the more I surrender to God, the more strength I possess. Catch this. The more I give to God, the more strength he gives to me. And the more strength that he gives me, the more able I am to let go of the things that I used to trust in. The things that used to try to hold me together. I surrender to God. He gives me a strength. He gives me a strength and I let go of the weight of the world. A couple years ago, I was in a season where I was so excited about my boys uh, letting go of their training wheels and begin to ride their bikes for the first time by themselves. And this happened a little late for us. It was, it was harder with Caden and his cerebral palsy. And because of that, Ben started a little bit late too. And I, we just, I finally get to the point, like these boys are gonna ride their bikes. And I'll never forget, man, they just... They, they fought me as hard as they could because they were just so comfortable having those training wheels. No, dad, we don't want to do it. It's just easier this way. I'm like, guys, no, because I knew how great it was going to be once they, as a parent, you know this, man, I got to get them over the hump so they can see how awesome it's going to be. The freedom there is. I'll never forget the day that Caden, for the first time, I was able to take those training wheels off. And I was so excited for two reasons. Number one, the, the joy that I could see in him. And number two, the relief that I had in my back. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I didn't have to hold on any longer. And the excitement, I'll never forget, Ben was not far behind him. And a few days after riding his bike by himself, he came to me and he said, Dad, this is, I wish I would have done this sooner. This is so awesome. Now that I don't have my training wheels, I'm so much faster and quicker and I can spin and do circles and it's so much more fun riding my bike. And here's what I'm telling you today. When I surrender everything to God and let him have control of the areas that I thought were keeping me safe and keeping me comfortable, he has something so much better for me. He has something so much greater that he can do when I just surrender all the things. What is it today that you need to let control of, let go of? Maybe today it's anger. Some of you, it's anxiety. Some of you, you're holding on to addictions that, that are making you feel like everything is okay, but really is destroying your life. For others of you, it's perfection. Man, it doesn't always need to be perfect. You know, here, here's the control verse, everybody, as, as we kind of wind this down today. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says this. It says, trust in the Lord with some of your heart. Lean on your own understanding when need be. And in some of your ways, acknowledge God. And unless you need to take matters into your own hands in order to get your way. Oh, you, you know better than that, don't you? 
that, that, that's not it at all. It says, trust the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. St. Augustine, great theologian, he said this when it comes to our reliance and dependence on God. He said, you have made us for yourself, O Lord. And our hearts are restless until they find the rest in you. Some of us today, we're chasing everything in the world to satisfy something that only God can satisfy. To fill a place in us that only God can fulfill. You say, well, what's, what's the point of this message? My, my heart is this, is that every one of us would walk out of this room today with a hunger and desire to be more in love with Jesus. That we wouldn't look to our wife or to our husband to satisfy our greatest need, but we look to the one who created us. The one who can fill, fulfill the deepest longing in our heart. What are you searching? What are you craving after? What are you chasing? Man, why not today we just surrender and give that all to God? Key thought is this. I make a decision to submit to God's will and surrender my desires. I submit to God's will and surrender my desires. David said this in Psalm 73. Whom have I in heaven but you? And I desire no one on earth as much as you. My health fails. My spirit droops. Yet God remains. Yet God remains. Look what David says. He is the strength of my heart. He is my, he is my portion forever. As we close today, why don't you just bow your heads. And let's take an opportunity to respond.